1: You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320
2: KLWN. Hey, what's happening? Welcome in to another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We're going to be joined by Brian Haney in about 35 minutes from right now with Adam Dravetta, Derek Johnson. We're out of the way early today as well with coverage of Lawrence High taking on Topeka High in some high school hoops at the Topeka Invitational Tournament. That'll uh, start up at 5 o'clock with pregame starting around 4.45 or so. Both of those teams coming off
0: tight games. Yes. Lawrence lost by losses. two and Topeka lost by
2: one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't really know what to do when I start a show like this because it's, it's kind of sad and everything, but do it anyway. Um, there are reports circulating around about Bill Self's dad passing away we have some audio from norm roberts today and immediately there was questions about well why is norm roberts speaking with the media not bill self and uh it turns out there have been again reports and confirmations um that bill self's dad again passed away and, and not a guy that i've ever met i don't think you've ever met or anything i have not no um but certainly had a big impact on people in the Lawrence community, whether they knew him or not by, you know, nature of who his son is. And there's a story out there and it, it's circulating around. And Adam was the first one who ever told me this by, you know, second account or third account or whatever. And uh about how he wasn't sure if he was going to take the Illinois job or the, the Kansas story. job. I love the story. Or if he was going to stay at Illinois and basically, you know, his his dad which I, I could only imagine, like, knowing Bill Self, I could only imagine the same way Bill Self, like, calls his players, you know, soft and, and stuff like that. I could only imagine, like, that was the, the I guess, the tone of how he was saying this year. But he basically said, um, you know, if, if you can't handle it, then... You know, don't go there. Like, uh, it's not a place for you if you can't even handle this decision, right? If
0: you're you're scared to follow up Roy Williams and you're too soft for the job anyway.
2: Yeah, exactly. And uh, he was basically like, if you want to stay at Illinois, stay at Illinois. But if the reason you're not going to Kansas is because you're afraid to follow someone up, then you shouldn't take the job to begin with, right? And, uh, you know, without that push, who knows? Maybe Bill Self still comes here, but maybe not for, you know, a guy who, uh, I mean, you're talking about Bill Self's dad. He probably has as much, if not more, you know uh i guess credence push whatever on a guy than than anything and and self uh, uh, before telling that story and the first time i heard it
0: was at the 60th anniversary of the fog um thing that they did where ted owens larry brown roy williams and and Bill self all spoke he said you know he, he the way he worded it and this is about this story but also about probably how difficult this is on on bill because it shows how what how he valued his dad's relationship because he said, um, you know, I was, I was having a def- difficult time with the decision. And as with anything, I can't remember the exact words, but he said, but what, what you, you know, what I would, what I do in life when I had a tough decision was I would call my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that again, that, that leads to that story, which is just uh, a perfect window into how Bill probably got his personality. Uh, but also a window into how much, um, you know, his dad meant to him. Yeah. And um, he's also, Bill also, I, I can't remember her name, I, I, but I'm almost positive he has a sister, um, so she's certainly missing him. So that's a tough one. And, and you know, if, if Bill's choice is to be on the sidelines tomorrow in Manhattan, great. If not you know there's no wrong decision here
2: no i i'll be honest like i if if i were in his shoes and I, you know everybody's different i don't know if i could i, f- I feel like my head would be too yeah how know, would be tough to focus? preoccupied and and unfocused although bill is the ultimate competitor so so who knows what'll happen um but that's just, you know, it's unfortunate news that, that came out, even for somebody who, again, like I've never met or anything, but certainly uh, has a big impact on the community. So Kansas is taking on Kansas State tomorrow. You can hear it right here on KLWN at 3 o'clock, pregame at one thirty. also on our sister station, 105.9 KISS. And that works out because the game's on ESPN+. plus. Um, my name is now officially broken record because I'm telling you something again. Kansas State has a good defense. Kansas State forces a lot of turnovers. However, will KU overcome one of these types of teams? It's just every game yeah. is like this. And
0: and in and a and a very from a statistical standpoint, a very unimpressive offense, although they've had I think they've got didn't it was a Texas they put up some points against or was it one of their other victories? Uh, either way, they um they've shown an ability um but, yeah, overall, their, their offensive numbers are very unimpressive. Although you made an interesting note, this is weakness against weakness, uh, at least in one aspect, because as, as you said, Derek, when we were prepping for the show, uh, K-State is very bad at offensive rebounds. However, KU has been uh, has left a lot to, to be desired in defensive rebounding. So yeah. it could just be one of those things where when K-State misses a shot,
2: Nobody wants to go for it. Yeah, so Kansas State plays kind of an interesting lineup, at least the the lineup they play the most, their starting lineup and everything. They basically have kind of like a three-headed monster at center. They have a couple guys who are 7 footers who are going to come in. Um but they play a lot of this this Mark Smith guy who's a 6 foot 4 like guard wing type at the 4. And despite being 6 foot 4, um he is kind of a beast on the boards. He averages like eight and a half rebounds per game. He's leading the team in that regard. He's just one of those hustle players that gets a, a ton of rebounds, and he can also shoot threes. He's like twenty of fifty on the year from three. He's going to be a you know bit of a, a matchup problem, and I could see him having a big hustle game. Um, but I I really do. Uh, once again, when you look at like the turnover numbers, I you know it, it's just something that you kind of have to deal with. Um, the last game against. West Virginia was kind of a—or two games ago against West Virginia was a middle-of-the-pack game in terms of turnover numbers. Oklahoma wasn't one of their worst games, but it was closer to being their worst than one of their better games. So they're, I guess, getting a little bit better at it, but it's still been a problem in conference play, and now you're playing a team that that does that. And the, the one thing that Kansas State does not do, that maybe some of these other teams did, is— Kansas State does not turn the ball over. They are leading the Big Twelve in conference games right now in not turning the ball over on their own end. So for Kansas, you're probably not going to get many or as many transition opportunities as you might normally get. And for a team that thrives on that, for a team that really does well in that, you know, Christian Brown's been so good at that. Christian Brown maybe hasn't been as good of a half court player so forth. Um, you're gonna have to win more of this game in the half court. Yeah, and we've
0: also talked about how teams and in, in in this this could be a situation with K State and their offensive rebounding where it, it, it's entirely possible that, that to prevent transition points, if they miss a bucket, they may be a poor offensive rebounding team because they don't like they not that they don't try in the sense that they're lazy, but they don't try in the sense that they prioritize yeah. getting back on defense. I'm which, guessing even, that's w- how it which is. even more so will say this is a game you need to win in the in the in the half court, which um that means a lot, you know. That means Dave McCormick is going to have to have, you know, he'll have to perform near his higher level than his than his lesser games. Um, this could be a really big game for Remy, Remy Martin. Um, this could be, you know, Jalen Wilson. Can he continue what he's doing? I, I think we're. I, I don't, you know, Ochai in his last game only scored ten points, but they all came in in one half, and and he didn't play half the game or almost half the game because of a hand injury. Um, but we've talked before, Derek. There's a certain guy on this team, and and K State fans are not shy about sharing their feelings with uh, KU players. Mm-hmm. Um, and this also is basically the only game they show up for each season, that being the fans. Um, and so there is a particular player who we we have discussed um, gets kind of hot when he gets when, when yeah. fans try to
2: get get after him. Yeah. So and that that man is Christian Brown. Yep. I could see him going for a twenty point game. Absolutely. Um, the other guy, though, who he doesn't like, he he takes that same fuel. Like Christian Brown takes it as like, "Oh, you're mad. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna murder you now." Right? Like, <laughs> not actually, but you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. Um, with Remy Martin, he kind of does that in a, "Oh, you're mad. I'm gonna laugh at you now and, yeah. and hit this step back jumper and point in your face about it." Well, and self and a ton of
0: players, not just here at Ku, but it seems like it's a very common theme. That, yeah, you want to play in your home crowd and have, you know, your home arena and have your home crowd going nuts, but the next best thing isn't a quiet, lulled-out arena with, you know, 2,000 people there. The next best thing is a full road arena because at least there's some energy. Now, the energy is directed against you, but at least there's a lot of energy that you have something to pull from.
2: And and there there should be in Bramlage tomorrow. Oh, 100%, especially when you compare it to, to Norman in Oklahoma. And and that's kind of where I go with this. Um, if it's a half-court game, you're going to need guys to create shots and make tough shots. And... Who better than for Remy Martin? Now, he had a bad game. He practiced yesterday. So we'll see what his role is, how much he plays, how important he is for the team. But the way that I kind of view this, uh, you know, this is a team in Kansas State. They don't shoot great from twos on offense. They don't prevent twos great on defense either. And they do have those big, big men. So I do think Dave could have an important game in the half court as well when you're getting in those situations. And he tends to do better against other big men as opposed to smaller guys. But with Remy... I think this is a game you really do need him, and because of that, the environment, I kind of am expecting it to happen, and maybe this is also a game where you just bang a bunch of threes, because Kansas State, um, we talk about this you know, several times, the idea of three-point defense. Uh, can you control some of it? Is some of it random? Is all of it random? Um, I like to say that at least you can control it a little if you're contesting shots, if you have big height on the perimeter, and if you're not letting opponents take as many threes. If they're only getting up 10 threes a game even if they shoot 40%, who cares, right? Um with Kansas State, this is weird. Teams are only shooting 26.4% from 3 against them on the season overall in conference play, non-conference play, everything. That is 5th in the country. Yet those things I just talked about, they are 280th in the country in the amount of shots against them that are threes. So a lot of the shots against them, over 40% of shots against them are three point tries and their average height is 295th in the country, so it's not like they have a ton of height. Yeah. That feels like a number that is just, I mean, KU's three-point defense number is probably a number that's going to burst a little bit too, but this one feels even more fluky than that. So I I really think Remy Martin could have a big game here and Remy Martin could come in and this could be, I don't know, maybe a unifying game. You have the emotional moment of, of Bill Self with his dad passing away. Remy Martin comes in after struggling and trying to find his role, has a big game, and now you feel like things are clicking after this weekend headed into a really tough stretch.
0: Yeah, uh, you, you could be very... You could be dead on. I I, I do think the um, I'll say this. I, I don't know if this is always the case or if they use different rims. Um, having listened to the game, the the women's game, KU versus K State Tuesday night, there's a lot of clanks in Bramlage, and so they may just have other teams may be shooting poorly on three against them because they may just have really
2: cr- you know not crummy but you know harder rims. Yeah, I'll say this. I think you should be allowed uh, allowed to do whatever you want with your home court. You know, if you want to put an 11 foot rim, yeah, that's your. We're like baseball, right? yeah, right. You can just do whatever you want. Um, I don't know
0: if I would go that foot far, court. but yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I, I I do. I wonder if the rims have something to do with it, but um, we'll see. I mean, look, Ku has has shown uh, a willingness to design an offense that gets good with a lot of motion that gets good looks from threes, um, and and Ochai has really obviously become a very reliable three point shooter. We've seen it in, in bursts with Christian Brown. Um and Remy, I, I'll say this, I don't I Remy had a big big shot against Stephen F. Austin. I think the one thing we're missing, has Remy had a twenty point game this year? No. He hasn't. So I think that's kind of the one thing we're missing is um, you know, just a massive outburst from I mean Jalen Coleman Lands has a twenty point game. You know, so kind of the one thing we're missing this year as, as KU fans is
2: um, Remy Martin having a big, big, big dog game. He's Adam Dravetta. I'm Derek Johnson. Again, you can hear that one tomorrow at three o'clock pregame at 130. do
0: want to make a quick note about uh, that that'll only last on KLWN until 345. Ah okay. Women's coverage begins on KLWN at 345. They're taking on Texas Tech. Uh, the, for the entire men's game, uh, sister station on Kiss FM. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, just, I wasn't sure if you knew that, and I wanted to make sure the not. listeners uh, were were abreast of that information.
2: Okay, so listen to Adam. Do not listen to me. Um, Chiefs taking on the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. This is dubbed by some as the AFC Championship. I I went there with the Monday overreactions, but you know, I I really do think the Bengals or the Titans could beat the winner of this. Clearly, um. That said, when we were ranking the team you least wanted to play when you knew the options in the wild card round This was the one, and I think part of the reason why, the Bills came into your home field earlier this season and and beat you down by 18 points. Now there were some things that went against you. There was no Chris Jones. There was no Charvarius Ward. Willie Gay was just coming back and didn't play a ton, if at all. Daniel Sorensen played 100% of snaps. He had four turnovers. A couple of them were either just amazing plays that maybe won't happen again or fluky plays. You had the roughing the passer call that would have got you an interception that maybe would have got you back in the game. Um, a lot of things went against you. How do you feel where the Chiefs are at now that we're at Friday, our last show before the uh, divisional round? The
0: thing I, I feel this is so this is so, and we're going to have our game picks later. I feel so, um, what's the word? Conflicted because I I really feel if we're talking this individual game, I actually feel really good about the Chiefs. My problem is, is what makes me feel really bad is it's so damn hard to do what the Chiefs are doing, which is go to three straight Super Bowls, and it isn't like it, it's not as simple as okay, if you've had, if you're if you're spinning roulette, and it's hit red eight times in a row. In reality, the odds of that hitting green are the exact same on the next mm-hmm. roll as, as it hitting red. Those odds don't you mean change. black, yeah. Or black, yes, mm-hmm. sorry, red. Green is the is the right, one you right, don't want. Yeah. I'm thinking stoplights. Um, <laughs> but no, so if, if it hits red a bunch in the in a row, the odds of that happening a ton of times in a row it's still
1: is, is 50 lower, ago. but
0: every individual yeah. spin, the odds are the same, black or red. And so in that sense, I think if you break it down to just this game, I actually think I like the Chiefs' chances, but it's not as simple as roulette because you have the human factor and the fact that these guys have played so many extra games. They've probably, I mean, they've played almost a full extra season over the course of their last three playoff runs, and I just have to think that may catch up catch up with them, factoring in how much um, the Bills have, I mean, they have built themselves for this. And I, I just, I think in the long run, I still think the Chiefs kind of own the AFC, but I think this could be a deal where the Colts, the Colts once jumped up and got the Patriots. Now, the Patriots went to the Super Bowl the very next year, but the Colts did once jump up and get the Patriots in the AFC playoffs, and um, I think if the Chiefs are going to be the dynasty of this decade, uh, I,
2: I just I think this could be a year where they get clipped. Yeah, it's just tough, because if you think about it from the Bills' perspective, their whole season was, you know, there's, there's tribes and tribulations and bumps in the road, and then you focus on the Patriots with them doing well, but... As soon as last season ended for the Bills in Arrowhead in the AFC Championship, it was how do we get back to this place and how do we beat this team next would, time we play? That was their whole focus, right? Yeah. I, with the Chiefs, it wasn't that. Yeah, I, I agree.
0: It's just about getting back to the mm-hmm. Super Bowl, but they couldn't focus their anger and their energy right. on one team. I would actually feel worse for the Bills having a potential letdown if they were playing the Titans because you could say, you know, they they don't yeah. have much feelings about the Titans. They just had a super emotional you know, victory where they were basically perfect in every aspect of the game over the New England Patriots, a, t- a dragon that they wanted to slay. And, okay, here comes the letdown. But there's, I don't think there's nearly the potential for a letdown here because it's the team that knocked you out the year before. It's the team that you've been eyeing that every team in the AFC has been eyeing for the last
2: three years. Yeah, and, you know, at the end of the day, like if, if the Chiefs end up winning this game, Maybe I'll feel a little silly Monday and just be like, I I can't believe, like, of course, you still have Patrick Mahomes. Like, you've shown that when the games really matter, like, you're winning these games. I just... Something feels a little different. The Bills have the number one defense in the NFL last year. Like it was weird because when the Bills came onto the scene and made the playoffs, and and Josh Allen made the playoffs for the first time, it was because they had a top five defense and they were still trying to figure out Josh Allen. And then last year, you had the Josh Allen breakout, and the defense fell off, and the defense mm-hmm. ended up being a bottom half defense in the NFL. And now this year, you've actually combined both. The the defense is what scares oh, me. Allen here. Allen has taken a step back. Yeah, now yeah. Mahomes has too. Well, but
0: but compared to last, from last year he's yeah, yeah, still yeah, yeah. he's like a he's top, not an, you know. he got an MVP vote last year. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's still a top 5 quarterback. Exactly.
2: And what scares me is that in this game there just isn't the margin for error and we've seen the Chiefs play with fire really all season long. They haven't been able to beat these other top teams in the AFC. Um I would just be worried that if Josh Allen can, you know, cuz if if the Chiefs have a slow start, this is a game where you might only be able to put up 21 24 points against that defense that does very well against the pass. Is it? I, I, I'm just really worried about you know if Josh Allen puts up 31, are you going to be able to match that?
0: The Bills' defense has been great all year, but who aren't they missing? Was it Tre'Davious White? Yes, they got injured around yeah, Thanksgiving. Their number one corner, mm-hmm. so they they lost their number one corner around Thanksgiving, and and that is important because they did have him in the first matchup. It, well, it it, also, but but still, they've been even without him, they've proven to be a really damn good yeah. defense.
2: And it probably also doesn't hurt that you know you're getting six games against. Uh, well, four against two rookie quarterbacks and two others against a uh, blah Dolphins offense, so that'll help the numbers. Uh, you know, they're probably not actually the best defense, but they're a very good defense. I think they're just uh, a little bit more balanced, but. At the end of the day, you do have Patrick Mahomes, which in a lot of these cases can be the difference. We'll talk more about this game during Game Picks. With Adam Dravetta. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN, KLWN KLWN.com. Brian Haney joins the show in about 15 minutes. Coming up next, we'll let you hear from Jalen Wilson. He spoke ahead of the Kansas State game earlier today. Would you like to get involved in sponsoring Rock Chalk Sports Talk or the Best of RCST podcast? How about getting involved in some KU action or local high school sports? You can reach out to us, D Johnson at gpmnow.com. That's D Johnson at gpmnow.com, and we'll see what we can do to help out your business and get involved here in local sports. Joined now on a Friday by Brian Haney, the voice of the Jayhawks. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Shock Sports Talk on KLWN. So, Brian, a couple of weeks ago, we mentioned how, you know, Dewan Harris making that diving steel play against Oklahoma State and Bill Self bringing it up as one of the best plays that we've had here. And, and we kind of talked some of the best plays of the uh, the KU era and everything. Well, you've had, I guess, honestly, two more submissions since then, especially for this year with DeWan Harris, the winning layup against Iowa State. You have Christian Brown hitting the big three against Oklahoma. This has got to be a, a pretty fun year. I, I don't know where it would rank for you with your seasons that you've been doing this at Kansas, but so far, this has got to be a pretty fun season to kind of document the history, game in, game out for KU basketball.
1: Yeah, you know, I I was thinking about it. I think probably on average, once a year, we'll get a shot like CB's where final 15 seconds, maybe 10 seconds to go, uh, you don't truly get a ton of buzzer beaters like the Dayton one that went the other way. Because in a lot of cases, KU wins games comfortably. And if they don't win a close game where, you know, the team's fouling in the last 10 seconds to try to extend the game, then usually, if it's a final horn type ending, a lot of times it goes against us. Uh, so we don't get too many of these. I was thinking back to since it's K State week, the Fima Luke drive where he probably took an extra step or two and finished at the rim you know, <laughs> right as time was expiring. But you really only get these once every year or every other year. So to have two of them in the last eight days was amazing. And you know, their childhood best friends, their high school age best friends. Dewan and Christian. So what a special moment for those two guys to both share that. And I think, if anything, I was just talking to CB about this earlier today before you called me. The fact that this team has five guys that are all have that clutch gene, that they rise to the magnitude of the moment. They don't shy away from taking the ball in those situations. That's pretty rare. Usually you got a couple of guys on a team like that, but The fact that CB and Juan have already proven they can do it in the crunch time moments, and then you've got Ochai, Jalen Wilson, and Remy Martin, who did it a ton at Arizona State. Uh, We've yet to really see it a a huge amount here. He had one big shot, about 30 seconds to go in non-con play of the game. But uh, my point is you've got five guys with that clutch factor and, You know, as all these games in the meat grinder of the Big 12 that we're going through right now, as all these expect to be hotly contested, and probably four or five of which are going to come down for the last 30 seconds or so, it's nice to know you've got a myriad of options there that are all capable. And then think about how that prepares you for March Madness, too. Uh, Not just the fact that you have that many capable guys, but the fact that you're getting so many games of close game experience, so many late game scenarios on the floor. That was a concern, I think, of Bill Self's a month into the season that they weren't having a ton of those outside of the Dayton game. Now you're getting a lot of them. And so far they're finding ways to win. And I always tell people we we always remember the shots, right? You don't remember the stop that then happens after the shot. But in most cases, there's always a stop on the other end, too, which is every bit as big as the shot. It just doesn't get played over and over on highlights and all that. But uh, those final defensive stops are just as important sometimes. And Kansas and Bill Self have done a great job of getting it on both ends of the floor of late. Let's hope that continues.
2: Yeah, it's just funny. You think back to all the, the game-winning scenarios or opportunities. The Dayton game, they didn't win, but they went to Dave at the end of the game. In the Stephen F. Austin game, I know it wasn't to win the game, but kind of iced it away. It was Remy Martin taking the shot. Uh, Dewan Harris against Iowa State. Uh, they said in the post game that play for Christian Brown on the shot was actually drawn up to Jalen Wilson. Uh, it's just, like you said, everybody is kind of factoring in. Um, I think it's probably only a matter of time before Ochai joins that list. And, you know, Ochai had— Kind of a tough game. He struggles shooting. I don't know how much the the injury played into that, whether, you know, it kind of gets in your head and you're thinking about it or whatnot. But then he just figured it out at the end of that game. And I could not help but watching how he performed at the end of that game, scoring whatever it was, 10 points in the final, you know, five, six minutes. I don't know how long it was of that game. I think back to what Brad Underwood said about Frank Mason when when KU beat Oklahoma State in the fieldhouse the year that Frank won National Player of the Year. He said, this guy just doesn't let them lose. And that was, I think, a biggest reason as any as to why Frank won National Player of the Year that year. And I could not help but watch that game and thinking the same thing. Ochai is just not going to let this team lose. And he was the guy who, you know, got the assist on the Christian Brown three. And uh, that to me, I, I don't know if he'll end up winning it because winning National Player of the Year is so difficult. There's so many guys that have such good seasons and, and so many things have to line up for you. But without a doubt, to me, that was his, I guess, if you have a, a Heisman moment for National Player of the yeah. Year, that could be up there for me.
1: You know, I've kind of thought about it in different terms, but very similar argument. Like, I'm thinking of him as a first-team All-American this year. He'll he'll be in the conversation for National Player of the Year, and moments like the other night further that. But in my mind, I I made the same argument you just made, but applied it to a different award. That was a Big 12 Player of the Year type moment, and more convinced in those 10 points in five and a half minutes that he's the best player in the league than anything else we've seen in a twenty-point game, because for all the factors you mentioned, with everything working against him, the injury that happened, the adversity of, of you know being on the bench or actually in the locker room, not even around the team for half of that first half, and then trying to find a flow and a rhythm when you come back, not knowing you know how strong your grip's going to be if, if you get hit with with the ball in that hand and that kind of thing, and thankfully it was a non-shooting hand, but still that. Psychologically, like you mentioned, is going to mess with you a little bit. And to overcome all of that and then just flip the switch, turn it on, and as you astutely pointed out, not allow Kansas to lose. I learned more about Oach, his mental toughness and perseverance in those final five and a half minutes than uh, anything we've seen in the 20 point games that he's had in league play. And so when we left and we were packing up the gear on Tuesday night, Greg, Steve, and I were talking and we said, you know, it's early, but that's a Big 12 Player of the Year type case right there. And it's his lowest scoring game in the league, <laughs> but that, that's the type of, of clutch crunch time moment and contribution that cements it for a guy. And I do think he's you know at the forefront of that argument. I think he's absolutely uh, strongly being considered a first-team All-American. And you're right, if he keeps the point-per-game average north of 20 the whole year, and KU finishes in the top five, He very well could play into that that final conversation of national player of the year. I think he's still the ways to go on that. And I just hope the people nationally that vote on that will take into account the caliber of play night in and night out by all 10 teams in this league. The fact that all 10 are in the top 65 of the net rankings, the fact that all 10 are in the top 33 of uh, defensive efficiency ratings, because that makes his 20 points per night look even more impressive when you consider what he's going up against on a night-in, night-out basis. Because a lot of guys that win that award or win first-team All-American you know, have a third of their schedule, which are pad-to-stats type games. You don't get pad-to-stats type games in the Big 12 in 2022, and that deserves to be taken into strong consideration when, when we start voting on these things in about six weeks. Jalen
2: Wilson has been playing at an extremely high level of late for KU. And we know with Dave, we've seen some big highlight games as well, Oklahoma State and West Virginia. It seems like uh, there's kind of been a rotation right now of, okay, what's going on with this guy, whether it was early the season with Dave or Jalen or now it seems to be Remy Martin Uh, between those three guys. Do you think they need to get all three of them going at once? I mean, certainly it, it would help, and it'd make them a heck of a team. Or do you think it's possible for them to, to reach all their goals of uh, whatever that is, winning a title, making a Final Four, uh, by just, say, maybe one of the three or two of the three, being good night in, night out?
1: Interesting question. Uh, because Remy is such a different player than the other two, it's it's hard to say that you know, any one of the three stepping up on a given night will be enough because some matchups will call for Kansas to be better on the glass. And if, if that's the game where steps up and both David and Jalen go in the uh, tank, we could be in trouble. But there's no doubt, you know, going back to the West Virginia game a week ago when David and and Jalen both stepped up, and and you look like a dominant Final Four national title contending team. When you're rebounding like that, when you're able to score inside and out, it just makes kids so much more complete. I think back to our last truly great team, which was 2020, the fact that Udoka averaged two and a half dunks a game and was amongst the nation's leaders in field goal percentage, something he flirted with twice in his career in his two healthy seasons, by the way it's such a weapon to have interior scoring, and it opens up things for everybody else in the mid-range and beyond the perimeter, too. And so, I think getting those two guys going is almost more important than Remy at this point, but I also think that Remy has a lot to contribute yet yet to see that Bill Self still genuinely believes is going to be needed from this team. I'm going to say something here that I want to come across as constructive and not critical about Dewan because dewan has been tremendous, but Dewan has some limitations physically, and when you're asking him to play 37 minutes like he did one game when Remy was out, or 32 minutes if Remy's not playing well or they can't lean on him a ton, DeWan I I think you see him get beat off the bounce a lot, you see him get bullied a bit, and you saw a tired DeWan Harris miss two layups in crunch time on the same possession, and Bill Self's description was, bless his heart, you know, he's better than that, he was just exhausted, and so I, I don't mean that to sound critical. It's just calling it like it is. Like He's a small guy, and, and there are physical limitations that, uh, that I think are going to prevent Kansas from playing those two guys side-by-side like we saw over the first 12 games or so. But they need to complement one another when the other guy's not on the floor. Uh, you know, he's, he's getting ready to replace the guy who is and stay fresh between the two of them. And then I think that there will be games where foul trouble happens or heaven forbid there's an injury, and Remy Martin, the alpha dog, comes back out. We saw it with a step back. It was a crossover step back from 18 feet the other day in Norman that he hit routinely last year at Arizona State. There will be games where the matchup just makes it really hard for Ochai or Christian to get going, and you want that version of Remy to come out. And even if he just stays in the secondary role of nine points per game the rest of the way, you need him playing more minutes so that you're not leaning on one so heavily. Uh, because, you know, as, as we've seen, that can become at times a little bit of a liability if he's tired and he's already a little bit small and, and sometimes gets beat off the bounce. So, I think his, his contributions are significant and there's a ton, a ton of untapped potential there out of Remy that, that's still yet to be uncovered. But can they get by with the other two uh, stepping it up more so than Remy? Yeah, probably, because we need those high-percentage scoring opportunities, and we need a rebound way better and not have it all on our wings. Because if you're asking our wings to do the bulk of the rebounding and the bulk of the scoring, that's asking an awful lot. So I, for one, for my money's worth, hope we see a more consistent David and Jalen above all else. And then anything you get from Remy is icing on the cake. But mark my words, there's going to be a game or two between now and the end of the season where Alpha Dog Remy has to emerge for Kansas to win. And hopefully that'll be the case. And we'll see that guy that many thought we could just plug right into the Kansas lineup and expect to see that every night. It's not come as quickly. And obviously, you know, the injuries had something to do with that with bone bruise. But they will at some point need that. And I just hope he's in the mental frame of mind and physical. You know, a condition of mine to be able to step up there and deliver whenever that situation comes.
2: Yeah, there's there's a part of me that wonders if it could be as soon as tomorrow. I mean, uh, we know that Remy Martin, from you know personal experience of seeing it in Allen Fieldhouse and in big games against Kansas, he thrives on those big uh, environments. And um, not to say that. You know, Oklahoma Norman wasn't, but I think what they're going to experience Saturday is probably uh, another level up. And he feels like the guy that would um, it's almost like Remi- Reggie Miller, like playing in the garden, you know, where uh, I-, I could just see him thriving on Saturday, which brings me to my next question. We're doing rock, chalk, pick a hawk here in a little bit Um you know, once again, Ochai and Christian are probably going to be the top two picks. So, uh, who would be your your maybe like sleeper pick or or somebody to uh, take near that kind of three to five range?
1: Well, I, I think the consensus number three pick every week now is going to have to be Jalen Wilson yeah. based on the rebounds and and some of the other things he contributes. And now he's becoming a more steady double figure score almost every single night with the twenty plus point potential every few nights so he's kind of becoming that that clear-cut third option you know specific to the matchup gosh that's that's a great question um in terms of a dark horse right Uh, i think now that jalen's starting like he's he's no longer considered a dark horse and like i said should be the third pick off the board every game but beyond him it really is a, a roll of the dice when you're picking a Kansas big. You just don't know if it's going to be an on game or an off game for David McCormick. I, I do think that, you know, if Kansas can establish him early, it's a matchup where he'd have a chance to use his size and physicality advantageously to, to flirt with a double double. And so maybe he'd be my dark horse pick, but it's, it's kind of like, uh, you're going to do that. You're hoping you're getting a good second round pick, you know, to pair with it or, or you picked early in the first. Because it, it could go for broke just as easily as it could hit. So, uh, I guess what I'm saying is if you, if you guys are going back and forth, you and Adam, and you've already got a safe pick tucked away with one of those top three, I'm let it ride on David because I do like his size in this matchup. But just as easy as he goes for 19 and 15, you could see the six and four type night that we backed it up with in Norman. And that's just the product of, of kind of how this season's gone for him. But I do think this, and this to me was one of the better, uh, unspoken things from Tuesday night. Self allowed him to play the first seven minutes of the game, uh, even if he wasn't lighting it up. And there was a missed shot in there, and it, you know maybe a play or two he could have made. Self stayed with him. He showed a longer leash, more patience, which is going to allow David to not be looking over his shoulders so much, not force things maybe as much as he was when he feels the need to get off to a hot start. That the first shot misses, then he's instantly pressing. I thought that was a good sign when they finally brought him to the bench, and there was like thirteen oh five on the clock. And I thought, okay, like that's that's the type of uh, you know sustained court time and, and play through some stuff that a guy like David needs and, and maybe deserves too. So hopefully, it's a bounce back game for him, and I think the matchups present themselves to where it could be certainly.
2: He is Brian Haney. You can hear him on the call tomorrow at. Three o'clock with pregame starting at one thirty here on KLWN and our sister station one oh five nine kiss. Brian, thank you so much for the time as always, man, and have a good weekend. Looking forward to hearing you on the call tomorrow.
1: Always a pleasure, buddy. Appreciate you and you guys are doing a great job with the show. And thanks to my main man, Nate Miller of the Miller Retirement Group here in Lawrence, just like the Jayhawks need a game plan to beat the Wildcats yet again in Bram's Coliseum and go to twenty nine and five all time in that building. You too need a game plan. Uh, to manage your investments and your retirement funds. Check them out today at com. That's com. Tell them Brian sent you Nate's one of the best dudes in more. He'll be happy to take a look at your financial future with you today. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, cue the disclaimer.
2: Brian is a paid spokesperson, not a client. Brian does not endorse, and all individuals should make their own evaluation of the firm's investment advisory and insurance services. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. All right, that's Brian Haney, voice of the Jayhawks. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Adam DeVette. I'm Derek Johnson. One hour down, two to go. Game picks, Rock Chalk Pickahawk, some self-audio, all that coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. We're out early today for Lawrence High Basketball, taking on Topeka High here on KLWN. This is RCST. 4 o'clock hour. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. KLWN.com with Adam Dravetta. I am Derek Johnson. The best weekend in football ahead with the divisional round starting up tomorrow and continuing on through Sunday evening when the Chiefs play the Bills. Very quick. I know we don't have a ton
0: of time, but what's your favorite divisional round weekend memory that doesn't involve the Chiefs? Or or Um, they could involve the Chiefs, but not like a Super Bowl year.
2: Yeah, uh, I would probably go with the Ravens upsetting the Broncos that one year on the Joe Flacco long ball or the the safety. They they won the Super Mm -hmm. Bowl that year. Yes. That was awesome. That was fun. There's
0: a great crowd video. That was kind of right around when it became really popular to to video with your iPhone. Mm -hmm. And there's this amazing shot from the corner. It's like from the stands, lower level, the corner of that very end zone. And as soon as that guy catches the ball, it's not the person filming, but near that person, you hear just a woman yelling,
2: No! <laughs> uh, Minneapolis Miracle. That would have that to be up fun. there for sure. One uh, of my favorites.
0: I think you would have only been like eight years old. But the Saturday night game in the 03 04 playoffs, it was kind of a bummer because the Chiefs lost to the Colts the next day. But in 03 04, the Saturday night game was Panthers Rams, and it went to double overtime. And it was a blast.
2: That okay was the was the hmm I I am thinking of somebody I don't know if this was wild card or divisional but there was a year round there too where his Packers Seahawks went to overtime
0: that was the same year is that, yes and the is next, wild card though it was wild okay. card and that was they went to overtime Matt the, the Seahawks won the toss and Matt Hasselbeck said we want the ball and we're gonna score <laughs> right. and he proceeded to throw it did it, it didn't happen on the very first drive they actually traded the Packers and Seahawks traded punts there for uh, the first couple drives. And then Hasselbeck, he did throw a touchdown pass that just happened to go to the other team.
2: Yeah, there have been some great. I feel like I'm forgetting some already, but, but. that,
0: um, but yeah, that that was the same year. And then, if you're unfortunately, I'm a Chiefs fan, and I've, I've said before, I kind of dig the Packers. Oh, the, when remember the 49er playing.
2: Saints. Um, that was really, oh, that really was good. yes,
0: and that, and that was kind of the coming out party for Alex yeah, Smith because the thing that really sealed it was. Um, he had kind of had this this uh yeah, the QB run. It wasn't. It was I don't know. Was if that you'd the call first it, touchdown? It, no, it was late. It wasn't a draw play. So so they first it, it was, was Alex Smith was ran a this leg.
2: like yeah a touchdown. That was either the winning touchdown or but then the Saints went back and scored and then the 49ers got another touchdown to win it late. And I, I thought that was to Vernon think, Davis on a similar play to what they beat the Packers with with the uh, like post route to TO. You're right. There, you know.
0: You're right. Because yeah, Alex Smith was the first one. Um and then yeah, but no that um. Sadly, that year, there were actually some great games. That just a few of them didn't come up my way. That o four 4 year, yeah, double overtime Saturday night, the no-punt game between the Chiefs and the Colts, which was only a touchdown game. And then um, uh, that afternoon was Packers, and again, I've, as I've said before, I kind of dig the Packers, Packers-Eagles when the Eagles needed to convert a fourth and 26, <laughs> That's right. and they wound up doing
2: it. That was one of their, what, three or four straight NFC yeah, championship that was, games?
0: There's been some fun ones
2: though. Yeah, there
0: Divisional has. divisional weekend is is the best in pro football.
2: And I think we could get another really good one this weekend. Let's get the game pick started. You are forty-two and thirty-eight in the NFL. I'm fifty-five and forty. Went three and three last week. You went two and four. But overall, you have the better record. Eighty four and sixty three. I'm ninety-five and eighty-seven. First up, Cincinnati at Tennessee. The Titans are giving up three and a half. I usually like to say better quarterback, um, and that
0: would immediately lend to the to the Bengals, and they are getting three points, Ever, but everybody's just assuming, I don't know, I feel like, and maybe I shouldn't think this way, it just seems like too many people are assuming this is going to be a Titans team that runs too much, and once they hit a team that throws, they're not going to make it, they're going to be a, a home field advantage team that disappoints. I think the Titans... And it's so weird because a couple weeks ago I picked the Bengals to go to the Super Bowl. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Titans laying the points.
2: Okay, interesting. I I do kind of I I feel weird because I've been on the Bengals this whole way. I've had the Bengals going to the AFC Championship and and running through this route. Um but I do, like, I, I am starting to get worried that I feel like too many people are in on the Bengals for this. It,
0: it feels like the Georgia-Alabama SEC title game where you're like, okay, well, I felt all year but that George is the better team, but now everybody's piling on Georgia.
2: Yeah, and that scares me, but I, I'll, I'll stick with it. I'll go Cincinnati plus a 3.5. San Francisco at Green Bay, the Packers at minus 5.5. Aaron Rodgers 0-3 against the 49ers in the playoffs.
0: Which is crazy, mm-hmm. and... um uh, you know, which you should be scared if you're, I, I just, I'm going to go. I don't know if they have the coaching advantage, but if you want to say LaFleur and Shanahan is a draw both from
2: the same coaching tree too, Yeah,
0: LaFleur, Shanahan, maybe a draw, but better quarterback at home. I think the Packers win it by at least a, a touchdown.
2: So I'm going to go with San Francisco to cover the spread. I, I like green Bay to win the you game. You could
0: catch up to me this weekend um, in, in the NFL only.
2: No, I'm already in front of you in the NFL. Oh,
0: um, oh yeah, that's right. I'm terrible, right? Because I've had. Well, you're 42 and thirty. But I've had three still like bad weeks in a row.
2: Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna go with uh, even though I have Green Bay winning. I think five and a half is is just a little too much for me. I think Debo Samuel is such a matchup problem for everyone. The 49ers are on a roll right now. I think that at least keeps them close. I could see him giving the, the Packers a scare early, and I. I'll just say it ends as like a three or four point game. 24-20, something like that. Uh, LA Rams, this is the first Sunday game. At Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers are giving up three points.
0: This feels like such a good upset special. Mm. Um, I, I would almost be, I don't know what the money line is, but I would almost be tempted to put money on the Rams to win this thing outright. So because of that, I feel, I'll probably look like an idiot and it's going to be 42-20, to but give me the Rams.
2: Well, it's just like, if I told you, let's say like last last year or something, or before before Matt Stafford was traded from, from the Lions to the Rams, if I told you, hey, at some point in the near future, Matt Stafford, who has never won a playoff game, now obviously he's won one, is going to play Tom Brady in the playoffs. Who only wins playoff <laughs> right. games. Right. Who are you going to pick? You know? And, and I don't know. I, I do think the Rams could very much win this game. Um, whenever you look at things that can give Tom Brady trouble, we always talk about interior pass rush. Well, you got Aaron Donald. That's a good place to start. Um, but I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. I just think they're overall the better team. Mm-hmm. I like them at home in this game. The Rams beat them earlier this year and kind of gave them the business in doing so. I think it happened so long ago, and I think that I'm sure... Knowing Tom Brady, he watched that film oh, lots and lots of times. Yeah, they're thinking about it. He yeah. is. So I, I'm going to go with uh, Tampa Bay minus the three. Okay, okay. last one. Uh, Sunday evening football, I guess. Not quite night, although it will be at the end. Buffalo at Kansas City. Chiefs are giving up a point and a half.
0: Um, You heard me talk about this during the first segment. I, It is so hard to do what the Chiefs are trying to do, and it's so rare and, and there are a lot of reasons to really like the Chiefs in this game, um, particularly because Josh Allen doesn't often put amazing games back to back. Uh, we we've shared a time and again that the stat of what you know if you score, if you win by thirty plus points the week before, you're two and seven. If you go on the road the next week, um, I don't know. I I just. This could be like, if you look at the Cowboys dynasty of the early 90s, and there was one year in there where the 49ers disrupted things with Steve Young, I think this could be it, and uh, I'll take the Bills.
2: Yeah, there there is a part of me that thinks like, okay, what if this is the new, you know, Josh Allen Mahomes, people are talking about that could be the new Brady Manning. But one if, quarterback for a time. Exactly. Although, in, in
0: the in long the post- run,
2: Peyton Manning wound up beating out Tom Brady 3-2. Yeah. to two. But at least, uh, you know, in, in that kind of early near term, the original version I guess, of, of the rivalry, it was all Brady. And so, if that history were to repeat itself, then you'd feel pretty good on the Chiefs' side, and that would be like... There is very much a world where the Chiefs win this game, and the big conversation in the NFL on Monday is the Bills have a Chiefs problem, right? Um, And they can't get by them in the playoffs, the same way that we would talk about with Peyton Manning and the Colts. But then again, it just is till it isn't. The Colts beat the Patriots in the AFC Championship and then win the Super Bowl. I have the Bills in the Super Bowl, so I'm going to stick with that pick, getting the point and a half. I'm just very worried about um, Josh Allen having a huge game against the Chiefs defense that um, last time they played a really good quarterback in Joe Burrow, they still gave up big numbers. Now a lot of it was the Bengals making big plays, just with them actually going out and taking the play, but that's what the Bills offense can do. And then you look at what what I think is the big kicker for me, the Bills have the number one defense in the NFL that's the problem there. That I think this isn't a game where you can get behind like you did against the Texans in the division round, or uh, name other playoff games, or how you started against the Steelers. Because if you do, you started against the Bills last year. It was yeah, nine to nothing. Bills to start the AFC title game last year. You're not going to be able to overcome with this defense how good they are, and and they're really going to make you work the whole way of the field. Um, so I like the Bills to win the game. I'll take them with the point in the half. Real quick, my lock of the week is Tyler Boyd. Over three and a half catches. My locks are 14 and six this year. Tyler Boyd has gone over three and a half catches, so four more catches in 12 of the 17 games he's played in this year. That includes the playoff game. So 12 of 17, that's, you know, better than a, that, that's almost a 70% clip that he's already doing that to begin with. And then I think the Titans, uh, Mike Vrabel comes from the Bill Belichick. I, mean, I know he didn't coach with him, but played with him long enough that I'm expecting they're going to basically do the thing where it's, hey, we're going to double Jamar Chase and we're going to put our, you know, best corner on your next best guy, which is T Higgins. Mm-hmm. So the Bengals are going to, I think, have opportunities for Tyler Boyd to step up and make more than three and a half catches and uh, that'll be my lock of the week. All right, with Adam Dravetta, I'm Derek Johnson. This is Shock Sports Talk. Those are our game picks. We'll get on to our a Pickahawk next. This is RCST. <laughs> Would you like to get involved in sponsoring Rock Chalk Sports Talk or the best of RCST podcast? How about getting involved in some KU action or local high school sports? You can reach out to us, D at gpmnow.com. That's D at gpmnow.com, and we'll see what we can do to help out your business and get involved here in local sports. We have to get to another edition of Rock Chalk Pickahawk. Reminder on the rules: point for every point, two for every rebounds and assists, three for steals and blocks. Minus two for turnovers, and you lose one for every shot, field goal, or free throw. You miss. I am five and three on the year. Just shook off a, a dominant win the game before by Adam, but Adam still has won three of the last five. The overall record is me five, Adam three. You will have the first pick for this week's edition of Rock Chalk Pick a Hawk against Kansas State.
0: Um, I'm going to go back to our old mentality of if, the first, if you have the first pick, you take Christian Brown because he may not score as much as Ochai, but he fills up the the box score elsewhere, rebounds are worth a little more, um, et cetera, et cetera. So go ahead and give me uh, Christian Brown with the number one pick.
2: You know, I think it's, it's double it. Like, I think he would have been the number one pick for either of us regardless, but it also has to make you feel good that um, he is an in-state guy, so you know this game's going to matter to him, and you know... That, again, he is not a guy you want to piss off. And, and with the Kansas State student section, they're going to piss him off. Yeah. You know? So I think I agree with you. Christian Brown, for me, would be with a bullet number 1 pick. I'll go Baji with the next pick. He really heated up at the end of that Oklahoma game. You hope that carries over. That's the obvious one. And then the next pick, I think Jalen Wilson, as, as you heard Brian Haney saying um, in the earlier segment, he's really started to, you know, um, I guess emerge as the clear number 3 guy in these Rock Chalk Pickahawk drafts. He gets the rebounds. He's starting to score now. He's making shots. So I'll go with Jalen at uh, pick number three.
0: What's the line on this game, by the way? That doesn't have anything to do with pick a hawk.
2: Yeah, but... I mean, I haven't seen like an official Vegas line come out yet. Usually, I'm sure it could come out any minute Ken now. Palm. Yeah, but I, I think uh, last I saw Ken Palm, it was supposed to be a seven-point game. Okay. Um, yeah, it's six uh, points.
0: 75-69. I'm going to go. This is where it starts getting really tough. I've got two picks, and I'm going to go David McCormick. Again, he he's been hit or miss with the scoring, but in the last few games, he's at least been reliable enough to grab five to eight rebounds. Um, and if he can play enough minutes to get those rebounds, that that you know helps. Um, and, and there's look, there's always he's shown the potential in certain games to to score 15 to 18 points. Um, you just can't bank on it, and so I'm going to go him and. You got Jalen do I want Dewan or Remy? um i'm gonna I'm gonna pick Remy on an emergence game.
2: so as again, like just dating back to the conversation we just had with Brian, I think with Remy. This is the perfect spot. I I wanted Remy here, so I'm I'm unhappy that you took him just because of the fact that when you think about his best games and when you think about just watching what he did at Allen Fieldhouse, when he's on the road and he can thrive in that hostile environment, because Norman is not like a a place you go down to and it's usually Uh, like a hopping environment. Same with Stillwater. And, and K-State, for basically every other game, is not. When they play KU, it absolutely is. Yeah,
0: it's the, it's the only game they show up
2: for. Yes, and so I could see Remy, and, and it's not just that it's a, a you know loud environment. It's an environment that does want to like kill KU, right? So Remy Martin, I think, thrives on that type of energy. I, I totally agree with you. I think this could be a big uh, breakout game for Remy. Okay, I will go Dewan Harris then. um He's the last starter available in mm-hmm. this draft. Gets consistent points with the steals, assists, all that stuff. Um, This is uh, the tough one, though. I guess I'll go with Mitch Lightfoot. I I feel like he's just secured to play, basically, depending on the night, how he's doing, how Dave's doing. Anywhere between 10 and 20 minutes, he's going to get some rebounds. Again, this is his last road meeting with Kansas State, at least we think, unless they come up with another waiver for him to come back another year, which at this rate, who knows. Um, So game means a lot to him. I'll go with Mitch. Uh, So I have one more, right? Yes, correct. Okay, so I'm gonna go. So I mean, you could go one of the um, other guards. Yeah. Yes, K- Fu or maybe KJ. KJ Adams. I don't think Clements is playing yet. Jalen Coleman lands.
0: No, um, I'm gonna stick with that again. That back to the my my strategy with Jalen Coleman lands. The problem is he can miss shots, and he doesn't do much. If he misses shots, he doesn't do much else to make up those points. Um, but he has, you know, he's shown moments where he can be relied upon to grab, you know. You know, shoot for three for four and and add a couple free throws, so Jalen Coleman lands.
2: Well, again, dating back to the environment talk, where I don't know how good the environment was for Kansas State when they took on a Iowa State team that won two games all of last year. But Jalen Coleman lands, good vibes in uh, Bramlage. He had 19 points last year playing okay. at K State. Okay, and it took a lot of shots. He, he was seven of 16, which is still fine efficiency and everything. I don't imagine he's going to get nearly that many shots, but. Good vibes for Jalen Coleman-Lance. That's your last pick. That's Rock Shock Pickahawk. With Adam Dravetta. I'm Derek Johnson. This is RCST. I'm going to head on out of here. i uh, got high school hoops on the airwaves tonight. Lawrence High, Topeka High here on KLWN. Adam's going to take you home from here. This is RCST.